You're listening to the Heart and Soul Podcast, where we celebrate vulnerability and shameless living. No topic is off limits when you're chatting with your besties. Let's own our worth and walk empowered towards truth together. What's up, everybody? This is Catherine. Um, Before we start this episode, I just wanted to let you all know that um, as a trigger warning, we will be talking about tough topics like suicide and depression. And so if that is something that um, would trigger or hinder your mind in any way, um, then please feel absolutely free and comfortable to not listen to this episode. But I know you're going to enjoy our interview and conversation with Caitlin. So here we go. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode three of season three of Heart and Soul. (laughs) That was hard to say. Um, Today, we are joined by the wonderful Caitlin K. Mount. Caitlin is, um, she's been a listener for a while, which is really cool. And there's just some listeners that we, Chelsea and I both connect with on a like more personal level, whether it's via Instagram or whatever, usually social media. And Caitlin's one of those for me. We've like connected and become friends on Instagram and I love following her content and also just like DMing her randomly here and there. Um, I feel like it's really cool. What's, what's really cool about this podcast is we can make friends like all over. So Caitlin is joining us today from Houston, Texas. Hi, Caitlin. Hello. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, do y'all want to do happies and crappies? Sure. All right. Any of y'all have any happies and crappies? Um, I'll start, I guess. Okay. Um, so I showed Catherine this when she came over here the other day, but we did a little like mini remodel in our house this past weekend. And like we bought our house back in April and when I was pregnant, I redid so much of it. And then when Silas got here, we kind of stopped and there's still this, like, I think I talked about it last week too. Um, there's still this one area of our house that was just still like very dark and seventies and like the only part that was super not updated. And I know it's just a small little section of our house, but the fact that we redid all of that, I feel like I'm in a brand new home. Like every time I walk down the stairs, I'm like, Ooh, this looks so bright and good and clean and just has put me in the best mood. Um, I love, I love redoing, even if it's just getting a new piece of furniture. Yeah. There's just something about like, that fresh new stuff that gets me really happy and things that make you really excited in adult life are pretty funny. But anyway, <laughs> that would be my happy, um, crappy, kind of some big stuff. Like I don't really think I can talk about on area going on family wise. So prayers are appreciated there, but, um, yeah, that's all I got right now. All right. Um, we'll definitely be praying for you. I, my, I'll, I'll go along with your theme. My happy is, uh, my mom sent me an early birthday present today and it was this mirror from world market that I've been wanting for forever. And it's like a standing mirror and I don't have a standing mirror in my room. So I never know what I look like. Um, like full, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm pretty pumped about that. So you can be like a fashion blogger influencer now. Like yeah, basically this is, me anou- this is me announcing that that's where I'm pivoting my career. Right. That's perfect. perfect. Yeah. And it's perfect that we have Caitlin on today because that's what she is. Yes. So. Hey, I saw you with those shorts last week on Instagram. <laughs> I did good, right? I did the pivot and yep. the turns. I did it all. Yeah. Um, and then my crappy is... You know, I don't really know that I have a crappy, which is good. Another happy is I hired another coach for soul. So I get, um, more evenings to work on or either to rest or to like work on the business, which I have been struggling to find time to actually like work on the business because I'm coaching most hours. So that's a really, a uh, really big happy. She starts tonight. So yay. Um, that's really exciting. I know. So no crappies, just two happies. How about you, Caitlin? Good. Um, happy is this for sure. Uh, I know that's cheesy answer, but seriously, like highlight of my year so far. <laughs> um, and then crappy, 
I have not talked about this on the blog, honestly, but uh, the end of 2020 was really hard. I lost a friend tragically like the week before Thanksgiving. And then my husband lost his grandpa on Thanksgiving. And then my cousin actually went missing three weeks ago and there's still no answers. So just prayers for that. It's actually been as weird as it sounds, a blessing in a way, because my family were really, really tight knit and we've like relied on each other and on the Lord during this time. So it has been really sweet to see how through tragedy the Lord works. So definitely prayers for that. Man. Yeah. Definitely. Very, I'm so sorry to hear that. Thank you so much. We'll be um, yeah. We'll definitely be praying. Um, okay. Before we get into who you are, which is going to be the best part of the podcast. I have some shameless spills that I'd like to share. Yes. So, um, for the shameless spills this week, I put up a, just a basic question. What's the biggest romantic fail you've ever experienced? Um, which we've all experienced some of those. And I got so many responses that I, I didn't even, once I got back to my phone, I didn't even have time to share them all because that, that was how many people came in. So, um, I'm just going to read a couple that really stuck out to me. <laughs> this one probably being the most embarrassing romantic fail. I'm just going to start with a bang. My husband drunk dialed his mom on our wedding night. Don't worry. We were still married. That's one. Don't that theme continues. Hold on to that. Um, okay. One of my, <laughs> this is not the same theme, but this one's good. On one of my first dates with my now husband, I told him I wanted I wanted him to make dinner. I wanted to make him dinner. I decided to make him a lemon butter pasta recipe that I always love. So I made that, and soon after dinner, he had to go throw up. I was mortified. He was mortified. But come to find out, he has terrible acid reflux issues, and butter and acid foods like lemon are two of his worst reflux triggers. He felt he said he felt bad to tell me to make something else. So he just had me cook him food that he knew would make him vomit. Oh. <laughs> That's true love though, right there. That is. Um, okay, I'm gonna get to the one that I think you know is coming. Yeah, I think I saw this one and that's really Okay. Good okay, here it is. The best part is Chelsea, you actually know this person. But obviously, uh, all of this is anonymous, so. Yeah. <laughs> the first time we were together, wink, wink, his phone pocket dialed his mom when his pants hit the floor. <laughs> 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 so his mom heard it. You're going to have to tell me who that was when we get off. I will. I mean, I won't. It's anonymous. <laughs> but, yeah, I will. <laughs> that is great. There's oh so many gosh. more that I'll probably revisit this one next week, the same question, but I'll just, I'll just share those three for now. Um, those are fantastic. Thank cool. you. Thank you, everyone, to, who chimes in and is very uh, shameless with me on our shameless spills every Sunday. Feel free to let me know any questions you'd like me to ask in the future. All right, we're going to get into the good stuff now. Caitlin, tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do. We want to get to know you today. Okay, my name is Caitlin Mount, and I'm from Houston, Texas, born and raised. I went to Texas A&M University. I saw studied. that. I saw that ring. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, I was like, she's an Aggie. Loud and proud. Um, I studied education there, so I was a former elementary school teacher. I taught fifth grade, actually, at the elementary school that I went to as a kid, Aww. and then last year on the last day of school was like okay the lord is telling me to quit so i quit with no backup plan and then he has totally provided and been more than faithful i've been tutoring and focusing on blogging and it has been a wild ride and then in april i guess when quarantine happened my husband encouraged me to blog about some of the things that I had been through in the past and writing was a huge outlet for me. So I went through an extensive period of singleness for seven years AO. And then um, I struggled with anxiety and depression in college. So my sophomore year of college, I attempted suicide and the Lord totally walked with me through that. And then um, the past two years have really, really been struggling with 
bulimia in the past six months has been amazing and the Lord has totally healed me and redeemed me and that's been so wonderful. Um, and yeah, my goal for my blogging space is just to encourage women and to help them feel like they're not alone because everyone is going through something and I just feel so, so passionate about that. I, I want them to know that they're loved and feel beautiful in their skin. Yeah, I mean, well, then you're the perfect guest because that's obviously what we want to do through this podcast. And first, thank you for opening up. And I can't wait to dig in a little deeper. But um, what is really what stuck out to me most about that is most people you know, even though you can't see this on social media, most people you know are going through hard things and it's not necessarily out in the open. So if you think you're alone in a struggle and if you think it's too big of a struggle to overcome, then it's not and you're not alone. Um, So if you're struggling with something today and you're feeling, I don't know, isolated in that, just, just know that one, you're not. And two, one of the best ways to break free is to share your story like Caitlin's going to do today and, and realize that other people are going to chime alongside you and say me too. So, um, Caitlin, let's dig deeper. Um, okay. So singleness, seven years, tell me about it. (laughs) Um, I had a high school boyfriend who I literally thought I was going to marry. And just when I got to college, I was like, man, my identity is wrapped up in him and ended up breaking up with him and just like kind of struggled to figure out who I was as most college kids do. And even out of college. And, um, (laughs) then I was single for seven years, went on a ton of bad dates. Um, I feel like I relate to a lot of the posts that the girls sent through on Sundays. I'm like, Ooh, went on a date like that. Um, but I remember kind of like my breakthrough moment. I was driving in my car and I called my grandma. I call her Grammy and she is so wise. And she was like, Caitlin, are you going to be okay if you never get married? And I was like, honestly, no, like I'm not going to be okay. And she was like, well, then that's what you have to pray for. You have to pray that God will prepare your heart if that's not his plan for you. And I was like, well, I don't want to do that, (laughs) but I did. And I like got on my hands and knees and was like, Lord, if you don't have a husband out there for me, it's okay. Like I'm, I will be okay with that. And I'm not kidding. I gave it to God. And a week later I met my husband and not saying that like, that'll happen to the next person. Like God has his own timing for things, but I just like completely surrendered it. And he totally provided. And I'm just so, so grateful that his plans are better than mine because (laughs) I could have ended up with a dud. Yeah, for real. I think about all the times that I thought I was going to marry someone and then I didn't. And then I sometimes think back on like, what if I had married that person instead of Michael? And I'm like, oh God, (laughs) thank God I didn't, you know? Thank the Lord. Yeah. So tell us, that story a little bit. How did you guys meet? So we have two versions of it. Um, but so we met through church and we had like a young adults group. And at the time it was like a hundred people and now it's like 400 people, but you would just text in the group saying like, Hey, we're going to play sand volleyball at 4 PM. Come meet us here. And so we went and I met him at an Astros game. I actually met him a week before and he cut his foot open and I was like, Oh my gosh, you're bleeding. Are you okay? And he was like, yeah, I'm fine. And I was like, okay, jerk. (laughs) But then a week later he like tried to redeem himself and was like, he, we totally hit it off. And later come to find out he was in a rental car, like a little girly rental car and was so embarrassed. And I was like, that is so silly. But, um, he, my friend who was in the community group with me, she was like, it was me and her sitting down and she was like, let's see, leave the seat open to see if he comes to sit next to you. And so he came to sit next to me and she like whispered in my ear and was like, ask him what he does. And I was like, what do you do? <laughs> and I, he, she was totally being a good wing woman. And later in the night, she was like, so I can't take Caitlin home tonight. 
will you take her home? And he did. And he opened the car door for me and I had never had a guy do that before. And I was like, what are you doing? (laughs) And he opened the door for me and asked me out like that night and was like, I would love to take you to dinner on Friday. And my mom knew he was the one because we didn't text all the time. Like he would physically call me and the rest is history. Oh, that is a good wing woman. Sneak. Oh yeah. I know. That's a great friend for uh, pushing me outside the comfort zone a little bit. I'm sure she takes credit for that now too. Oh yes. I get this like image of, you know, in movies when like someone goes on a date and they have like an earpiece in their ear and someone is like whispering what to say in the ear. That's kind of like what she was doing, but she was actually sitting right there. Yep. I asked him later too. I was like, could you hear her? And he was like, no, but I knew what she was doing. (laughs) So how long did y'all date before you got engaged and married? We dated for eight months. Um, and then we were engaged for six and seven, seven and a half. So we had been together a year and a half and then we just celebrated our one year in December, one year of marriage. Congrats. That's very similar to Michael and I, we, we, from our first date to our wedding day, it was like a year and a half or something. Yeah, when you know, you know. When you know, you know. Yeah, for sure. All right. Um, okay, so you talk about singleness on your blog. You also talked about your um, struggle with anxiety and depression. Can you dive in a little bit on that? Yeah, that's another thing that I've just totally given to the Lord. Like, I know when I'm feeling anxious, I feel like a lot of people, I mean, even with eating stuff, like, you have to know what your triggers are. Like, is it crowds? Is it being on your phone too much? Just little things like that. I think being in tune with yourself is super important, but kind of the turning point for me was I wrote a list of a hundred things I was grateful for on my computer. I just like started typing and I would pick one thing every day to start doing. So like if it was going to Panera Bread or going to Starbucks or going on a walk with a friend or something, I would just pick that. And that just like helped so much and just kind of gave me clarity in a dark time. That's a really good little tip. Write down. So you wrote down one thing you were grateful for each week and then you try to do that. Well, so I started with a hundred, like I just started like going to town and then if I was having a bad day and even when I wasn't having a bad day, I would just pick one and say like, I'm going to do this thing today. And it just like brings you a little bit of joy. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I've I've seen a lot on gratitude, especially after the year everyone's had, but it really does change your perspective. Like whether you sit down in the morning and write three things you're grateful for at the end of the day or whatever, it's, I think, so important. So talking about that anxiety and depression and, you know, your struggle with body image, where do you, I know you said it stemmed way back into like where it probably hit rock bottom and in college. Where do you think a majority of that stemmed from? And then how, how has the evolution of that kind of transgressed to where you are now and today and and sharing your story? I think, I don't know. I kind of grew up in a town where it was like all about image and what you were wearing like even going to church it was like oh are you wearing free people and I'm like no I'm wearing Abercrombie or whatever like it just I don't know it was kind of like that um and that was really hard just feeling like you had to keep up and then social media happened and everyone's on their phones all the time and you just feel like you have to buy the next thing because so and so did or go on the next trip and it just seems like more is more when really that's not the case at all um and I don't know if I (laughs) answered your question but I just feel like being in tune and being like aware of just I don't know who you are as a person praying getting in really good biblical community or just girls that lift you up and things like that it's so so important yeah when you were in college and you were struggling with anxiety which I think is something that well just speaking from my own experience, when, when I, I'm an anxious person and when I, it's something that creeps in still, like it doesn't necessarily, it hasn't necessarily like completely gone away. It's something that I have to fight. Um, but when you, when you first started recognizing it, like what were some of your triggers for going into like an anxious spiral? I think in college it's hard because you feel, I mean, 
it's so different than being out of college and some in some ways I really miss this aspect but you're with your friends all the time and so it's really cool because you could go next door and hang out with your friends or you just walk in your living room and you hang out with your friends and it was I felt like there was this pressure to be on all the time and all I wanted to do is lay in my bed because I couldn't get out of bed some days and I just feel like once I realized like it's okay to do what my body needs or what I it was really helpful but I never had the courage to like tell my friends that that's what I was going through and it was also like a huge battle for me because I'm I feel like I'm such a happy person but I didn't know why I was sad I didn't have like a reason and so that was like such a battle for me too because I'm like I'm I feel like I'm happy but I on the inside I'm not and I don't know how to like voice that to people I think that comes with maturity too, probably. Yeah, that is like, I, that's something I can definitely relate to is when I am in those like dark times or when I've been in those dark times, I struggled with like guilt over not being the person that I usually am. Like I usually am like really outgoing or really extroverted and typically pretty happy and when I, especially in like 2012, 2015 in my eating disorder times, I was just like, not myself. And then I started feeling guilty about not putting on this like idea of what, what I thought everyone wanted from me, which I think also now is just stemmed from social media as well. Like we get that every day, like we got to put out our best selves, but that's a, that's a really tough thing to go through. The cool thing is, though, when you do finally admit that you're struggling, most people are like, oh, I just wanted to know. Like, I, I didn't, I don't need you to be this picture perfect person that you feel like you need to be. I just needed to know what was going on, you know, and didn't know why you weren't that person. Um, I don't know. Side note. Or some people think that, like, they might have done something to you know, incite that in your relationship. And I think it's always good to just kind of lay it out on the table and be like, no, actually this is what I'm going through. It has nothing to do with you or us or maybe here's the ways that you can support me. Yeah. And it's hard because you don't always have a reason for why you're sad. I mean, that's depression is so sneaky in that way in that you can't necessarily articulate your feelings. You just know you feel numb or sad and you don't have an excuse to give to someone for why you're just like i don't know and that's really hard to i don't know verbalize to friends and especially family because they just want to help you and mm -hmm. you can't you don't know what to say you know and i think it it's hard to just be like i am sad but i don't know why and that i mean like that does not make sense to people so then you just like go into a hermit shell even more because you're like, they're not going to understand. But I think just trying and like you said, vulnerability, there's so much power in vulnerability and people want to be there for you and listen and they'll love on you how best they can. Yeah. So when you hit rock bottom, you said that you considered suicide. What was that season of life like? And how did you heal from it? Like what steps did you take to get over and through it? Um, so I was a sophomore in college, so I was what 20 years old and, um, I, I, I'm telling you it was a divine intervention. Like I was sitting in the bottom of my room and it just, I don't know. I think a lot of prayer, like I was journaling a lot at that point. I was trying everything. So I think, I mean, everyone what I've realized is like everyone copes in different ways and you just like have to figure out what's best for you and there's no right or wrong way to do it. So I just, I think for me it was prayer and journaling and finally seeking help and talking about it and just trying a different approach than what I had been doing six months prior or whatever. Mm -hmm. So like maybe just like leaving that isolated state and trying to at least if open up with anyone, open up with God. Yeah, exactly. And I can tell when my mind is like clearly not in the right, like I'm thinking irrationally. And 
So I just have to like really be with people. If I'm by myself, then that's where I'm going to be in danger. Yeah. Myself and just like, I just not in a good mental state. And so like, that means like getting off social media, going outside, calling my grandma, someone, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that's, what's been so hard about COVID is everyone's so isolated. So people who do struggle with anxiety, depression, or any mental illness, that isolation just makes them feel even more trapped. And it, God, it's scary. The probably amount of suicides that have come from isolation this past year, you know? And I mean, I'm grateful for what at least I've seen. I don't know if it's just like my social media account, but I feel like the stigma around it has always been so negative. Like, Oh, I struggle with a mental illness. I don't want anyone to know that I do. And I feel like lately it's been like, no, it's okay. The majority of people do. And it's just like something that needs to be talked about. Same with diet culture. I've seen like a huge shift in diet culture, which is so encouraging, but when you're in it, it's hard. It, I mean, it's like fog. So yeah. Hard to not see. And I think too, this, the stigma of just like mental health being another pillar of our wellness is starting to kind of dissipate as well around it being, you know, like negative or stigmatized because you don't necessarily have to be diagnosed with a specific mental illness or identify as having a mental illness, but everybody has struggles and some people deal with it in their own ways and they can internalize it. And sometimes that works for them, but the majority of us are social people. We want that connection. We want to share our story or sometimes we just need like a little bit of extra help to get through those struggles. And I mean, I've, I haven't been diagnosed with anything, but I still go to counseling and a therapist every other week or so. And that's been so helpful. I think the more people realize like, oh, it's not embarrassing or weird if I go talk to someone, whether it's a professional or not. Um, I think that's, that's huge and makes such an impact. And it's been really refreshing to see that kind of being more um, accepted and widespread on, on mainstream and social media. Yeah, this is a side, kind of a side note, but it has to do with what we've been talking about. I listened to a podcast last week where they interviewed this neurosurgeon, a brain doctor, and he was saying that like the only like direct studies that they've shown that correlate directly to brain health and brain longevity are movement. So taking time to, even if it's just 30 minutes a day to go for a walk and, um, uh, what, what word did he use? Basically community, like communicating with people in intimate ways. So he said like the healthiest thing you can do for yourself is either like go for a walk with a friend and ask intentional questions or like take a group class with people where like both your physical body and your like mental body are stimulated at the same time. And so talking about this and just relating it back to counseling the best thing you can do for your health is is to talk to someone whether it's someone you've known your whole life or someone who's a professional you need to you need to talk about it or else your brain will literally deteriorate and then that leads to more mental illness you know that kind of goes back to that documentary we talked about probably months maybe even years ago about happiness and i I think it was called happy right or something like that and they found that people all over the world and the different cultures that they studied, even the people who had literally nothing in developing countries were the happiest because of the village around them and the relationships that they had and were able to foster more often. So anyway, that's kind of a <laughs> tailwind I, uh, side I note. But also too, a lot of the times, or like when I was like in the the thick of it, I was like, I can get through this on my own. It's fine. But that's so not true. Like you really do need to surround yourself with people that love you and support you and can, I don't know, just speak life into you. And like both y'all said, community is so, so important. We're literally made to do life with people. Yeah. Well, it's so easy when you're alone to, to listen to the negative thoughts in your head. That is usually the lies of the enemy, but 
when you're surrounded by other people, then they can, they're able to uncover truth that you don't necessarily hear or see right now because you're hearing lies. So they're able to tell you like, no, 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 this is actually true. Not what you're believing or thinking about yourself. Exactly. Um, Sorry. No, go ahead, Charles. I was going to say, so kind of going, going in that direction with sharing your story, you talked about your husband encouraging you to start your blog and, I love that because I'm definitely someone who relates on that level of like writing is really therapeutic to me and I love using that as a medium to share my story and then have this like evergreen content that can be shared in in all different places. So what was that like for you writing your story and sharing it and then how did that lead to developing into the lifestyle blog that you have now? So at first, it was a little tricky because I shared things on Facebook that I knew my family was going to see, and I knew that they didn't know that about me, and I'm probably like my close friends even now, like didn't know. I mean, when you put words to paper, it's pretty powerful, and it just was hard to relive it, but also just like, I know that I went through that for a reason. And like I said, if I can help one person, then it helps one person. And that's so important. Like everyone has a voice and and I don't know. So I kind of, it was really sweet of Tanner to encourage me because like, I love fitness and faith and fashion and writing. So it was like the perfect mesh of just like all the things that I'm passionate about into one. So it just kind of made sense to do a blog yeah what does that look like like I mean we obviously follow you but what like if someone were to follow you what's some things you mentioned faith and fitness and all that like what are some things that you share um for people to feel like connected to you so every day I post a workout video and that's honestly just to like motivate people to move I hope that they don't feel like I don't know I hope hope that it's not a discouraging thing. I hope that it's an encouraging thing. Um, and then I also, I am forgetting her name, but there was someone on y'all's podcast who does not use filters and she totally inspired me because I really want my space to be real. And I, I mean, it's so easy to slap on a filter and feel like you have makeup on and just, I have pimples, so it's okay. (laughs) Um, and I just, I want people to know that it's, real. I'm not going to talk about hard things all the time. Um, cause I do try to choose joy no matter what the circumstances, but yeah, I hope that it's just like a happy space. And I also, as far as clothing goes, I really like to use pieces that I have in my closet and that have been there for five plus years and just repurpose them. So you can start with basics and then just build on them. You don't need to be dropping a ton of money all the time, especially if no one's going anywhere. For real. <laughs> For real. Um, okay. I kind of want to circle back to your struggles with body image and your bulimia because I mean, that's just something that hits close to home for me. So, um, we've kind of DM back and forth a little bit here and there about body image, but what, I guess you kind of mentioned that you grew up in a town where your look was, it meant a lot. But like, when did it start to like really hit you that I actually have an eating disorder and how did that like pan out into what it is today? So actually I struggle with migraines and got on medication about four years ago and lost like 20 to 30 pounds. And I looked like a skeleton, but people very quickly, just like, I don't know why people feel the need to do this, but we're like, you look so great. You look lost weight and I'm like a normal human. And so I like already felt good in my skin before I was on the medication, but then I had lost all this weight and people were noticing and it just like kind of messes with you. And so then I felt like I was not myself and I got off of the medication and took more of a holistic approach as far as like my migraines went and I was gaining weight and people were commenting that I was gaining weight. And so then it was hard because I was like, well, now I'm conflicted because I'm only like, I don't know. You just feel like your worth is so wrapped up in how you look. And I just like really struggled with that. And so, 
um, my wedding was coming up and I just started to make myself throw up here and there when I would eat too much. And it was like, I felt so guilty. And so then I would, that would be the result of it. And then quarantine happened and I lost all control and was throwing up after every meal. My husband had no idea. Like I would go into the bathroom, turn the vent on and like he had no idea. And I had an accountability buddy that I would walk with and she had struggled with a different form of like eating or body image issues. And I was not honest with her at all. And it, I don't know, it just was so hard to walk through and talking about how important vulnerability is. Um, I just totally neglected that and was walking totally in shame, which is the opposite of what this podcast is. Mm -hmm. Well, that's the thing with shame is it like convinces you that you're, you're, if you were to share, then people would think less of you. So I freaking hate shame because you could be this person like you who is vulnerable with a blog and, and practice like is very active in her faith and like prays and journals and has this like built in accountability partner and a husband and still be attacked by shame mentally and then live in secret. You know, it, it's, we're not all, no one is, uh, what's the word immune to it, you know? Exactly. Yeah. And circling back to the comments that people are giving to you. I'm first of all, I'm sorry because it's nobody's dang business, whether you're gaining weight or losing weight in the first place. But something I've kind of realized lately or just like questioned lately is just that like, I had a lot of people commenting on my weight and my image after I had the baby and saying like, Oh, wow. Like you look so great. Like, how did you do that? And blah, blah, blah. And I, I was in a really, really unhealthy state. And after giving birth and going through my trauma, I had no appetite. I was breastfeeding and literally deteriorating. I dropped all of my weight in a, in a few weeks. It was really bad. And I wasn't really eating and I wasn't really loving what I was seeing in the mirror. Cause I knew I was like letting my health just hit the floor. And to me, I was like, people think, people think that them commenting on this and telling me that I look great is a compliment when not only is it not a compliment, but since when is like literally doing nothing and letting your health deteriorate, deteriorate something that people are proud of. Like don't congratulate on people <laughs> unless you specifically know that that's something that they've been striving for and they've verbalized that to you, you know? And I don't know. I just, and not only that, then it just makes you question like, oh, well this happened because I was in a really bad or dark place. Like what would they have thought if I didn't lose this weight or if I did still have the quote unquote baby weight that I used to have or whatever it might be. It's just been really eye opening and frustrating to me to, to experience that too. And Sorry, he's starting to get a little fussy. He's just um, agreeing with you. Yeah, he is. He's like, Amen. All the pants. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's so important to be mindful of those comments and and like we always say on here, people have the best intentions, right? They like they don't they literally think that they're just being complimentary, but it goes so much deeper than what people see on the outside. And that's why compliments that are centered around like physical attributes are so dangerous because you never know what someone is going through behind the physical <laughs> attributes. And like Chelsea, even people who have made comments to you, like I am triggered by that because I see that and I'm like, well, when I'm pregnant and have a baby one day, what if I don't lose the weight like Chelsea? And then yeah. it, it becomes this like, domino negative spiral that you never intended for you know like you right. never intended for anyone else to feel that way right so that's why those com comments about anything physical are so dangerous because it doesn't just affect you other people hear it and words are so powerful that I mean yeah. it trickles out beyond you know and I literally like and I'm not saying this 
to boast because I, it's nothing to boast about, but I literally didn't do anything. Like, it's not like I was like, oh, you know, this is, this is a goal of mine and I'm going to start working out again. It was like, no, I was literally malnourished and sleep deprived and really not in a good spot for a while. And that's not, not something I'm trying to encourage women to do. Like your main priority after you have a baby is to take care of yourself and take care of your baby. And who the heck cares? what your pant size is and especially in that moment in that season of vulnerability so yeah i could go on and on about that but i just had to <laughs> relate on that level yeah so caitlin when in quarantine did it kind of hit you that like this is a problem honestly probably not until the summer like i said i had an accountability partner i would walk with her and I, she told me two things that I will never forget. One of them, she, so like, I would be honest and say like, oh yeah, I threw up like in the past week or whatever. She just didn't know to the extent of how much, but she was like, and I would feel really discouraged by it, but she was like, you know, I kind of like to think of it like you're on a path and then you just kind of get off the path. And then when you're ready, you get back on. And I feel like that's really helpful, especially at the start of the year when everyone's in this all or nothing mentality. So kind of like when, if you were to diet and you have a piece of chocolate cake, you think that it's like, like the end of the world because you're like, shoot, I messed up. Like, no, have the cake and then just like hop back on the path. It's okay. Like that's part of life. And I just, I think that's so important. You're not like missing out on like the blessings of life. And then the other thing that she said was until you hate the sin, you you won't see it as a problem. And I didn't hate the sin at all. Like I didn't like what I was doing. I continued to do so because I thought that that's what I needed to do to look a certain way. And she said that, and I kid you not, I walked into my house and I was like, Lord, I'm never doing this again. I will never do this again to my body. And I told Tanner that night, like how often I had been doing it and that I was really struggling. And he was like, okay, like we're going to get through this and I'm going to help you with this. And I'm not kidding. I haven't even had an urge. I've been like eating probably twice as much, but like I've been fueling my body like really well and not just like eating junk. Like it's been just so cool that that whole process has been like, God has met me where I'm at. And he's like, I want to redeem you from this. And it's just been like, so, so sweet. Right. And so fresh. Like, I mean, summer wasn't that long ago, six months ago, you know? And like, man, Satan is so good at his job because he can creep in there and like, he knows where to hit me, where it hurts. But just having those tools in my toolbox of like, I don't go on my explore page because if I like see a girl that like, I don't know, looks smaller than me. Like in the past, that would have been like a trigger. And now I'm like embracing it. And like, I'm me and that is okay. And we're all built differently. And I want to be confident in who I am, no matter what size that is. Like my worth is not attached to the number on the scale. Yeah. Amen. I think that like the top two things I would recommend to anyone who is struggling with disordered eating is recognize your triggers and know how to fight them. And also like say it out loud, like accountability. Like one of the reasons that I started soul was because I knew I would go back. I would continue to over-exercise and go backwards and not eat enough. If I didn't start an actual business that was surrounded around the opposite. So like I'm, I'm incapable of doing that now because I have, you know, 50 plus women who are like, no, you're leading me in this. So account and your accountability doesn't have to look like that, but the openness and sharing that you need to have it out in the open so that you can't keep lying. Because one of the biggest things about eating disorders is people like you said, like you did too, you're lying to everyone in your life because you yeah. like to be thin. And it's so it's so twisted, so sick and twisted. That goes back to how important vulnerability in community is because you have 50 people speaking truth over you. So, I mean, anytime you get down, it's so like, 
even for me, I'll walk by the mirror and just be like, Oh, my legs. And Tanner will be like three things. And I'm like, no, I don't want to. And he'll literally put me in front of the mirror and say, tell me three things about your legs that you love. And I have to say to myself, and it sounds so silly, but I like actually believe them to be true now. Like, Oh, I, I do like my calves or I do like my thighs that I've always struggled with or whatever, because I I'm speaking it out loud. Mm-hmm. Totally. Man, thanks for sharing all that. Um, I know it's not easy, but I know that people who are listening today, like I know that they can relate to one, at least one of the things that you've struggled with and have been so open to sharing. Um, all right, Caitlin, you know, the four questions we're going to ask you them today. Okay. Question number one, what is something that you are currently binging or obsessed with right now? Okay. Um, I shared this last week on my blog, but I've been watching best leftovers ever. Everyone keeps keeps posting about this show. It's so cute. They take like leftover, like low main or something and have to completely repurpose it. (laughs) It's so cool. I bet I love cooking shows. I wish I had a cooler answer than that, but that's that's a really good one. Michael's actually really good at leftovers on that show. Um, Yeah, like that. All right. Next question. I love that I can ask this now. <laughs> What's something you're looking forward to in 2021? Oh, um, I'm hoping that we get a dog this year. So that is definitely like my priority. What kind of dog? A red golden retriever. So if you have any dog names, send them my way. I probably have more dog names than human names in my phone. That's really help me out because I really want to name the dog biscuit or queso like queso just like you know totally a Texas name but if he's red that doesn't make sense well there's like dark queso like a chilies which isn't the best queso but it's good true I like queso especially living in Texas yeah it works I think that's cute I had a red golden growing up and um we ended up giving her away to like a farm or something because she was literally nuts and ironically enough her name was serene but she was literally psychotic she would like chase garbage trucks and cars and she would run through our screen door like every single day she got hit by a car three times and survived like she literally came inside one time with a tire mark on her ear (laughs) and she was always fine like, are you are you sure your parents gave her to a farm? <laughs> yeah, no. I we questioned it too, but they actually really did. Um, um, well, if it if it makes you feel any better about red goldens, Bear is part red golden. So, so cute. And I he, love goldens. I didn't say that to discourage you. Just we, we must have had a weird outlier. <laughs> okay, I yeah, we over here. <laughs> All right, next question. And this is timely considering everything we just talked about, but what is something that you love about yourself? Oh, I think that I'm a really good encourager. Like I really like to be people's hype woman. Um, if they're struggling with something, like I seriously hope they come to my page. And if they are struggling with something, I would love to pray over them or encourage them. Like words of affirmation is my jam. And I just really don't want people to feel like sad or alone. I know this world and the things that happen are, are so tough, but I would love to encourage them. You are a good encourager. I like following you for that reason. Thanks girl. All right. Last question is if you could tell women one thing today, what would it be? Okay. Is it okay if I share like spiritual, mental, and emotional? Absolutely. Okay. I have three. So the first one, spiritually, I want women to know that you are loved more than you could ever know by someone who died to know you. I think that's in Romans, but so good. Um, Emotionally, I want women to know that they are enough. Like you are enough. You're not alone. I've said that a million times, but it's so true. Like seek community. People would love to shower you with love or prayer, just wisdom. And then physically, you do not need to conform to the ways of society. You're beautiful the way that you are, and you're uniquely and wonderfully made. 
Yes, Queen. Look at you creating categories. I love that. I know. She was she was prepared. Oh. Okay, Caitlin, where can our followers find you? We'll obviously link it, but tell them a little bit where they can find you if they were, were to find you right now. Okay, you can follow me on Instagram at Caitlin K blog. And Caitlin is with a C and a Y. There's like a million different ways to spell Caitlin. Um, but yeah, follow me there and DM me because I love like connecting with people. Love yeah, that. and she's good at answering DMs. I, I can attest to that. Way better at that than text messages, honestly. <laughs> I'm bad at both, so I can't. Like, I'm so, I'm so not good at responding. Speaking of DMs, remember when we had Marianne from Saucy, and she said, like, how she decreases her anxiety. It's like she has all her notifications off. Mm-hmm. Well, I recently did that with, not with text, because I feel like I still want to get my texts in, especially if it's something important. So texting calls, I still get notifications for it but I turned off everything else like Facebook Instagram everything and I've noticed this like such a substantial difference in my like urgency to get to things it's like I don't answer my dms until I physically open my app and see what's in there instead of me getting it and then feeling this like intense need to answer in that moment when I might be doing something way more important like with being with my baby or you know finally working out or something like that so just a little side note that it it works yeah I've been I didn't know I was actively doing this but now I kind of am and I I go I'll go through waves of it but like right now I'm not really scrolling like I'll go on Instagram and I'll like post something or I'll post a story but I'm not really like looking at feeds unless it's literally the first picture up there then I'll double tap it And then if not, like, I just am not scrolling. And even with stories, like, I'll maybe do the first two and then I'll be like, I'm over it, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's really, like, I think it's uh, it's helping me for sure. And taking, like, time. I try to do a social media detox on the weekends. And, man, it is just so life-giving to actually be present with your people and just not be glued to your phone all the time. No. It's, it like really makes me sad some Sundays when I get that screen time report. I wish I could stop it because it scares me. You can. I'm like, I'm like, oh, you can? You might need to tell me how. But mm-hmm. I just am so sometimes so disappointed in myself. I'm just like, why did you do that? Yeah. Well, you also have a job that kind of requires yeah. you as do all of us. And, you know, some scrolling and engaging is required to keep your engagement up and all that, unfortunately. But I think it's good to have boundaries and and at least find those small ways to help reduce that yeah anxiety for sure all right Caitlin well we love you and we're so glad that you were able to sit down and chat with us thanks for having me this is a dream seriously well y'all are awesome and listeners um go follow Caitlin at Caitlin K blog and we will link that in the show notes and until then we will talk to you next week